Hey guys, welcome to the Free Pizza Podcast. Today's guest is Chris Charles, photographer and designer. Enjoy. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. I've been a fan. Uh, we met on, I guess, Instagram probably yeah, last yeah, year sometime. Uh-huh. And your work is absolutely amazing. I appreciate that. So um, glad, I'm stoked to hear about it. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to give the floor over to you. Uh, kind of tell us uh, maybe where you're born and kind of how you got interested in photography and graphic design and all that. Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, Chris Charles, born in, and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, always kind of had an artistic bone in me it mm-hmm. was just a matter of um i guess fast forwarding no one told me i could actually make a living doing it right it was kind of one of those things that just kids did kids painted kids um you know made made stuff i was into comic books of course so yeah you know i would always you know sketch comic book characters and growing up in in, in brooklyn you know uh tagging was kind of the big thing back then mm-hmm. so, oh yeah of course yeah yeah you know so i had everybody had their own tag character so I, of course i had mine my, my, <laughs> mine was chris chris the king so, oh, so, wow. so it was a CTK with a guy with a, with a scully on with a gold chain and you'd have the, the spray can here and then the finger pointing at it with the Adidas on. And so that, that was kind of like my, my, my first, like the first time my work was seen in public, <laughs> you know, as 12 years old. But um, yeah, you know, I, I always painted, always took pictures. It was weird. Yeah. My, my father, my parents kept cameras around the house. My dad was an avid, um, like amateur hobbyist photographer perfect you know, we had a, he had the old school eight millimeter video camera so <laughs> that is dope we'd have movie night where you know he'd set up the big screen the big projector in the basement and he'd run old pictures of well, the old the eight millimeter film you know showing this old family footage and stuff like that right so i mean that kind of definitely helped fuel you know the passion for right creating you know that's dope so and i also i read up on you obviously before this um Tell us about that painting in second grade. Yeah, <laughs> that got into the Brooklyn Museum. Yeah, it was weird, man. I still am kind of fuzzy about the circumstances surrounding it actually landing in the museum. But right. Basically, it was a class project. Yeah. And we had to, uh, we had to do these watercolor paint. No. Yeah, it was watercolor paintings of just things, anything. And I made two two players playing football. It was just basically two two characters, one on opposite ends of each other with a football in the middle. So I did the sky, did different jersey numbers. Um, I don't know, it, was, it was okay. You know, I, I didn't think anything of it, but apparently the teachers, <laughs> they yeah. thought the color and the composition was something beyond Amazing. my years, apparently. Yeah. I didn't, you know. And the next thing I know, they took it from the classroom. It was on display in the classroom, and it, they encased it in glass. And, and put it in the Brooklyn <laughs> Museum. It was totally random, man. I actually still have that painting. That's like one of the pieces in my house. I, I just have a, that one random painting of two yeah. random players. So yeah, that was pretty much it. I, I still don't know how that happened. That's crazy. Sure. Cool. Go through your mind as a second grade, you're just like, what? what? Yeah, you don't have any concept <laughs> of that back then. You right. know, it's like, what is this? You know, right. Where's my painting? Yeah. So <laughs> I want that back. Right, right, right. I need, I need my painting back. But yeah. no, it, it was cool. I mean, so looking at it now as an adult, I can kind of sort of see why they might have picked it. Right. But to me, it's still me as a kid making cool art. Right. Guys playing football. Exactly. That, that was it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. So obviously your parents were probably very excited about that. But obviously I'm sure your dad was very excited that you were taking kind of a... Um, I guess a visual journey. Mm-hmm. So how did he further help you kind of throughout the years, your younger years as kind of developing that skill? Yeah, it was cool. Like, um, well, for example, my, the first DS, DS no, not even digital, the first SLR I had was mm-hmm. an old, uh, Olympus camera. It was mm-hmm. an old SLR. I can't even, I'm trying to find it actually. I've been trying to ask my mother, like <laughs> what camera was that? But it was an old Olympus SLR with a Minolta zoom lens. Mm-hmm. So, and it just, it was, it wasn't mine, but I kind of commandeered it. Yeah. So every time we would go on family trips or we go, you know, be with this out and about, I just wore it and right. took pictures and I was fascinated by right. the mechanics of the camera. So I just, by default, became the family photographer. Okay. So everywhere we went, you know, I would be responsible for taking pictures of 
of, of things around and, you know, family members and stuff. And it just, that was just what I did. It just felt natural. You know what right. I mean? Right. So, yeah, they definitely encouraged that, man. They, they definitely made sure I had a camera in my hand or had access to a camera from Polaroids um, oh, to, yeah. to the oh, old. Yeah. The, it was an old Kodak camera with the brick, the brick flashes on them. Oh, on the wow. Top. And you yes. had to, like, snap the, the yeah, those. They look like ice cubes. <laughs> I, call ice, I actually call them the ice cube flashes. But, uh, yeah, I, used to, I mean, we used to use everything, man. And, um, yeah, that, they, they definitely made, they saw that I had, I kind of had, that took to photography. Right, you know? right. I think it's really cool that, obviously, you growing up in Brooklyn, I mean, yeah. that is obviously a powerhouse for creativity. I'm sure you photographed a lot of cool things just around there, just walk around the streets. Honestly, no. I mean, no? Okay. because you didn't want to get your camera stolen. So right. I really okay. was more confined to being around family or going on vacations. Right. I really didn't capture Brooklyn like that when I was a kid. I didn't right. have the, the sense to do that, and I was more street smart to right. be walking around with a camera yeah. in, in the 80s. Oh, yes. In, in early 90s, man. It, was, it wasn't a good look. You'd get robbed real quick. Right, right, right. Okay. That's pretty That's, that's pretty wild. It's kind of it's kind of sad, though, because obviously, obviously if... Went well, for that, you probably could have got a lot of cool photos, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. good. You know, you can always do it today if you ever wanted to. Um, so, as you're going through middle school, high school, obviously you're still painting, still creative. Do you take a lot of classes throughout those years? Um, aside from just like, uh, what is it, the uh, elective art classes? No, not really. Oh wow. Yeah, I didn't really take an actual uh, uh, an official art class until I went back back to college and got a. Went, went to graphic design school, really. right? <laughs> but right. other than that, I never really took any like real serious classes. That's crazy. Is that is it more of in college where you kind of took it like super seriously? It's like I want to do this as a career. Is that when it snapped there? Honestly, no. I mean, it was weird because uh, I may be jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, I I wound up uh, I started professionally before I went back to college. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. But the circumstances leading me back to college were I was working in IT. I was, okay. a, I was a network engineer and wound up getting laid off. Gotcha. And gotcha. it was like, okay, I guess I'll go back to school. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. So, uh, yeah, so I went back to school and I was already kind of an older student. Right. Who was doing photography. Right. And kind of starting to get a rhythm with, you know, as a professional. But then, I, you know, as a designer, I always loved graphic design, but I just needed the credentials to say, okay, well, I went to school for it. Exactly. You know what I mean? But exactly. I kind of self, I was self-taught like Photoshop and right. Illustrator. You, you probably knew I'm to do most of that stuff. You just need that piece of paper. Exactly. Kind of exactly. Well, well, yeah. And that, that and the, the just kind of getting to know people. Yeah. The know, networking so, part. Right. So that's why I say like the age that I went back to school, which was in my mid to late thirties was, um, was a good time for me because I was able to have the sense to not only just go to school, but also like, Hey, professor, so and so, we're like I'm older than you, so yeah. I buy you a cup of coffee, <laughs> and you know, let's just talk business to see, you know, give me an idea of what the, the market is out here. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, that's cool. So, actually, what, what college was that? Well, it wasn't. It was uh, the Art Institute. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But still, it's a higher. Yeah, learning. yeah. Was, I mean, I'm not saying that to disparage anything. No, it was. It was. It was a good experience. Yeah, right. the Art Institute gave me the tools I needed at the time. So that's perfect. Do you maybe lay out like how that journey was? Through there was it very complicated, or did it? Was you know. How was that experience going it, to the institute? It was it was interesting. I mean, it was a. Uh, I, I met a lot of great kids there. Yeah, a lot of great. And I say that like once again, showing my age. I, it, I went there because the curriculum made sense for what I wanted to do. Okay. And it was efficient with my time because I was still kind of going back and forth as far as working and running my own business. So, no, nah, it was a great. It was a cool experience. And right. and being where it was located, which was pretty much in the heart of Durham, and where a lot of things were happening. It gave me access to uh, to meet some really cool people who I'm still still cool with. You That's know, perfect. Business with. So it, yeah, it worked out cool. Right. So yeah. why the Durham, why the move to Durham? Well, I actually live in Apex. Okay. Um, a right. lot of people Apex. think I live in Durham, right. but but for me, I wound up in North Carolina generally because I was in the military. So wow. I was in the army for oh a while, man, twelve yeah. years, man, and and you know jumped out of airplanes and Oof. a couple combat tours and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, so I, I wound up being stationed on Fort Bragg. Okay. And Fort Bragg was like my home base station. Okay. So when they, when they say home base station in the military, it's like wherever you go in the world, you always just come back there. Right. And you have to kind of designate that as where I want to come back home to. So, yeah, man, just, you know, uh, after my last tour in Iraq, I decided I was ready to move on to bigger and better things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just have that epiphany at four in the morning in Baghdad and you're being stung by mosquitoes and you hear stuff blowing up and it stinks and it's like... Yeah, 
It's time. Yeah, I'm good. Something different. Yeah, I'm good. So yeah, <laughs> when I had that that I'm good moment, you know, I just decided to stay in North Carolina once I got out. It was just easier. Yeah. I love I love the area. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to go back to you know New York at the time, and right. My parents were in the, were retired, so they wound up just moving down here with me. Oh wow, okay, know, which was cool because it yeah. was a good place for them to kind of settle out and right. have some space. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why that's how that worked out. Perfect. So when I transitioned from the military to, I guess, to the Raleigh Durham area, I was working in IT in Cary. Gotcha. At the time, gotcha. And uh, just decided to get a get a spot out in Raleigh for a little while, and eventually settled in Apex. Right. You know, in between everything. So perfect. Cool. So after all that, and that's crazy. Twelve years. That's 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 quite insane. Yeah, it was fun. Um, man. But it was fun. fun. <laughs> um, okay. So after school, how was that like? You graduated uh, with graphic design. Yeah. Did yeah. Did you I, go straight to work, or did you try to figure out what you're going to do? Like, how 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 was that? Yeah, I put out. Um, interestingly enough, as I was finishing my degree in design, I got a job doing graphic design and marketing. Wow. For a recording studio okay. out in Durham. And, you know, it was, it was a good opportunity because I'm kind of like a low-key music head. Mm-hmm. Well, people who know me know I'm just into music. Yeah. And if I weren't doing, like, art like this, I probably would be an A&R somewhere. Or, okay. You know. But anyway, yeah, so it gave me the opportunity to kind of be around music okay. and be around technology because I'm kind of a techie, too. So I love being, you know, being, in, being involved in mixing sessions mm-hmm. and recording sessions and people who might need design work would be coming in an op studio because they're putting out projects. Yeah. So, you know, the engineer was real cool, man. Real, real cool. Shout out to Jason Richmond, man. He, okay. um, re- he's an amazing recording engineer out here. Well known. He's done a lot. He's mixed and mastered a lot of like really good sure. music out here, man. Yeah. And anyway, he kind of connected me to a few artists who needed graphic design for their projects coming out. That's dope. So this is while I was finishing my degree. So by the time I graduated, you got already some clientele. Already yeah. Yeah. It, it worked out really perfectly, man. That's you know, great. Kind of get my foot into in, in the door. Right. Yeah. So were you doing photo work as well? Yeah. I was, was, so what it was, it was perfect because I was already doing photography. Yeah. You know, taking portraits and doing stuff, and and then, well, you throw graphic design in the mix. Now you can, you can take everything. the pictures and then do the rest of the branding. The collateral. whole process. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's kind of what I do now. You know, perfect. for people who need it. So. And you're 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 freelance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally freelance. 100 percent freelance. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. Tell us about how you transitioned to being freelance out of you know working with the engineer and everything. Yeah, I mean, um, once I left that that job doing design work, uh, it, it, what 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 it is is that when you start going to your day job and all you can think about is your quote unquote side hustle, mm-hmm. it kind of tells you something, right? Yes. So that's what it was yes. to me. I would literally be like trying to conduct business all day while fulfilling my obligations at work. Right. So that was like the universe saying, "Dude, just like go do your thing, just do it," you know. And um, yeah, I wound up leaving. It was a great split. I mean, everything was cool, you know, and, and they'd already knew that I was kind of yeah, that you were, doing my thing. Yeah. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a problem at all, but yeah, just kind of working hard, man. And just really trying to expound on those uh, connections I'd already made while I was working there, man. And, that's great. That's great. And eating ramen noodles. And yeah. But, uh, that's what I asked that. So like, how, what was the biggest obstacle in making that transition? I mean, you know, um, yeah, just, just, Staying up with the economy, man. Yeah. I mean, you have to work. And, you know, I think you, we all kind of artists out here in general and people who are doing their own thing, you know, you have to, you got to eat, you got to pay your bills. <laughs> exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? So, yeah, it's a grind. It, yeah. it was a grind then and it's still a grind now. But um, it was, uh, fortunately, my, I don't, I'm a really simple dude. I don't need a whole lot. Yeah. A car and a place to live and basic stuff, man. You know, a good cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, and my whiskey and I'm good. But right. so yeah, man, I mean it, it was a challenge though. It was old. everything is a challenge when you're right working for yourself. And it's great that you kinda came out of that knowing people already and your name's right. already out there. So yeah. it probably wasn't as difficult as probably other people's, you know, journeys, but did you, were you just doing like mostly mostly just portraits or wedding work? What what, what were yeah. you mostly doing around those? Yeah, w- wedding work was really a, a large portion of my um of my annual income. Right. Yeah, yeah. I did wedding photography for for ten plus years. Right. And and um, yeah, it's it's, it's a great industry. It, it was really good to me. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, well, I, you know, I was tell photographers like, if you're gonna do photography, just just shoot a couple of weddings. Yeah. And the only reason I say that because it literally you have to do or use every skill set imaginable as a photographer. Right. In one day. Yes. When you shoot a wedding, like yes. it's just one. It's just everything. You right. know what I mean? So I think shooting weddings. You know, basically, it, it trial by fire. It taught me how to 
adapt. It taught me how to shoot in different lighting scenarios. It taught me how to deal with people, mm -hmm. manage time, uh, deliver, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the wedding industry was, it, that was a good a good run for me. Right. And yeah. you, what, is there any reason why you stopped? No, just, you know, you just grow out of it. I, yeah. For me, I just wanted to do things outside of wedding work, okay. you know. And okay. um, it, the wedding industry, well, wedding work in general, it will basically take up all your time. Right. And oh, absolutely. The last full year I shot weddings was, um, I want to say 2016, and I shot like 30 weddings. Right. And that's a lot, man. That's a that's in this. Yeah. That's a lot of weddings. Yeah. On on top of like you know doing graphic design work and trying to manage your household and editing and I'm kind of a do it all kind of guy mm -hmm. and that's probably one of my biggest flaws as a, as an entrepreneur. Right. Like I want to do everything myself. Exactly. And a few the few times I was able to outsource. Sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't because I was still kind of getting my feet wet as far as letting other people do the work mm -hmm. or me managing it and facilitating, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, the wedding industry was good to me. And um, it, it was, uh, it eventually was like, okay, well, there's other things I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sleeping. And I'm <laughs> literally like, you know, I, I have 6,000 images to process. Yep. and going to cost me X amount of dollars to send these off to have somebody else call them, mm -hmm. let alone not, not even talking about editing. So I just found, I, I just would rather do other things with my time right. while still creating. So right. It, you know, it was time, you know. Right. And, and I guess that jumped to you just doing out of portrait and studio work. Yeah, yeah. Mainly portraiture now. And, um, and you know, I have a few larger clients where I do uh, some event work. Right. You know, where I travel and just go across the country and shoot any special events they might have. Right. As well as the full branding projects that I've been working on. So gotcha. Yeah. And what what would you say was your biggest tool in developing your style of shooting? Your I mean your style it was absolutely amazing. I think you capture people oh, so man. well. So I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, but what was kind of probably your biggest, I guess, tool in kind of developing your style? Honestly, it was uh, aside from like really, really digging like certain masters in the game. Mm -hmm. Um. Richard Avedon, you know, their personal lives notwithstanding. Mm -hmm. uh, Gordon Parks, you know, um, wow. I mean, there's so many different, like, masters, like, people who came up in the 50s and 60s whose right. work kind of set the standard for, like, fashion yes. and lighting, yes. you know. And also, like, I, from a contemporary standpoint, I would say, like, um, God, Atlanta, Zach Arias. Have you heard of him? I don't think I have. Yeah, he's real cool, man. He, he he's, a, he's one of the first photographers when I decided to go professional mm -hmm. that kind of taught me that less is really more. Yes. And his story was very, very similar to mine. You okay. know, he wasn't 19 when he started. He was in his mid thirties. Right. And, you know, failed miserably mm -hmm. and, uh, had to wind up selling all his gear oh, and, wow. and, you know, he's raising a family and he wound up getting back into it through a friend who encouraged him. But anyway, he wound up getting, finding a niche in the Atlanta music scene. Oh, wow. Oh, like in, gosh, in the yeah. mid to late nineties. Yeah. And he was literally doing it with like one like old Nikon and an old forty two inch umbrella and a speed light, That's and it. he was lighting phenomenally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that showed me, but well, dude, I can do this too. Yeah, of course. You know, so he started doing these things called these one light workshops. Right. And that's kind of what like what got him on on the map as far as professional photographers on an international level. Right. So he teaches you know amazing workshops and he's branched off into other things, but that that was a big influence on my work because for for years that's pretty much all I used, mm -hmm. <laughs> like a speed light. <laughs> Not even a good speed light. It was like the old, uh, what, what's the uh, the Vivitar? Oh my gosh. With the, 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 the dial on the front. Yes. And you have to kind of like feel your way around it to get the light right and <laughs> running out of batteries. And I had an old uh, 40D, I think, was my first like. Oh, the Canon? Yeah, yes. yeah. I had a Canon 40D yeah. and an umbrella and a $40 backdrop stand. And I just went to town with it, man. And that was like kind of my first like significant work. That's a simple setup. Too. Just keeping it simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's like do the basics, and I love Rembrandt lighting anyway. Right. I love one like directional lighting because it kind of adds that drama to the situation. Right. So that's kind of the style I've, I've developed over the years. But backtracking, most of the photographers who I admired from back in the day, that's what they used. Right. But it wasn't like a splash. It was like one big, big ass hot light. Mm -hmm. You know, in the studios in 1953. Mm -hmm. You know, shooting for Vogue, they didn't have. Pocket Wizards and all that kind of stuff. No, Pro was. Photo two thousand dollar B one lens. You know they don't have that stuff. It's just one big light. So right, that's kind of my approach. 
you know. That's perfect. That's that's bare minimum. That'll teach you a lot to work with the bare minimum. I think it's important, um, man. I think people they they're doing too much when it comes to. It. I mean, it's, it, but it goes back to the whole gear thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to have like ten thousand dollars worth of gear. You do not to do amazing work. Nope. You know, you just have to know what you're doing, yep. but also have a benchmark as to what you want your work to look like. Exactly. And just emulate that. Right. And then just, as you do that, you start to develop your own swag. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's kind of what I did. For sure. And it's it's crazy because obviously being in this field, you see a lot of people who dive in getting all that gear mm-hmm. and wondering why they're not getting the results they want to get. And then this comes back to what you're saying. It's like, it's, it's, not, about, it's not about that at all. You're kind of missing yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's not about that, man. It's yeah. about the, the craft and finding your voice. And sometimes gear has nothing to do with that. Right. For right. real. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you're working for some pretty significant clients. So uh, I also read you Ninth Wonder, Spike Lee, mm-hmm. Moleskine. How did you get in contact with those people? It, yeah, it was kind of weird. It's like, well, going back to like uh, working with Ninth Wonder and his label, it mm-hmm. literally came from a like answering a Craigslist ad. What? Yeah, at the time they had just started the label, and I think this was uh, what two thousand and wow, I can't remember. It was like two thousand eight, mm-hmm. two thousand nine, and yeah, I was a uh, freelancing, and you know, freelancers looking Craigslist, and mm-hmm. you go to see what opportunities are there, and there was one listing for a photographer to shoot a record label, but they never named it. They didn't say any who it was, but it seemed cool, you know. Yeah. Like, okay, so I responded, and um, it turned out to be Jamla, <laughs> and then. And they had Dude. they they had just started the label and they were doing a full entire like all hands on deck label shoot at Duke University. Oh my goodness! So they commandeered the entire uh, Gothic library right. at Duke, and uh, I got to call myself and another photographer, uh, Adam Sikora. Okay. He, he you know so we had two shooters there that day, and um, that that was it, man. You know, that was like, it. I kind of became uh, whenever they're local. And not on the road and stuff, man. They, you know, they they hit me up and we do some work, man. So it's been great. So it's been great. That's been great, great that they kept you for that long. It's ten years now that you're their contact. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um I'm honored for one. Yeah. That but you know, and that makes me feel good and uh they they've been really great to work with. And right. they've been doing some great stuff out here. And plus I'm a fan. I mean, I was a fan of Ninth Wonders work, his music. like you know, like I said, I'm a music head, so right. you know, like those closet bedroom producers, you know, <laughs> free loops. You know what I'm saying? Well, when I first moved, well, settled in the area, my only concept of North Carolina hip hop was like P.D. Pablo. Right. Like, oh, throw of your, course. Throw, throw your shirt in the air. Of course. I literally was like, I didn't know anything. I, you know, I mean, me growing up in the golden era of hip hop in New York, my favorite producers were like, you know, DJ Premier, mm-hmm. Pete Rock, you know, mm-hmm. Diamond D, Cats, who kind of helped establish a certain sound. Right. And Ninth Wonder was the first producer I'd heard from this area who was kind of doing that sound. Right. So even before I had connected with them as an artist, I was still uh, a fan. Right. So it's always an honor to like work with people who you actually rock with. And I mean, that's a blessing as far as like they, whatever they do, you dig it. You know what I mean? So Perfect. It's, it's been great, man. It's yeah, that's, cool. that's amazing. And you also mentioned some travels you've done. Yeah. So yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. Um, last, uh, last trip I made was actually to Jamaica. Okay. That was my last official wedding last November. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Um, just to kind of go over that real quick, though, I'm not completely out of the wedding industry. Right. Okay. Okay. It, it's like case by case. Right. You know what I mean? It's usually somebody I'll know like reaches out versus me advertising and marketing it. But yeah, but um, I was just in Wisconsin a couple of weeks weeks ago. Oh wow, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, I helped build a brand for a really, uh, really cool group of people. And uh, they had a conference, basically. So okay. they hired me to come out there. And, and not only, I facilitated a couple of uh, uh, talking sessions mm-hmm. um, about certain things like Afrofuturism. And, and it was a women's conference, so I was one of the few men who were actually there. Right. So it was interesting kind of being in that scenario and, and getting to speak as a male at a women's conference. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, pretty, like, that's pretty like, ironic. There was, there were two, yeah, it was two other men. Who, uh, no, one other guy who was actually a speaker there. So, yeah, it was cool. Wisconsin, uh, Chicago, um, DC, of course, Atlanta, um, just, you know, just various clients, like I said, who have been consistently digging the work to where they want to take me other places, man. And I I love traveling. So that's perfect. It's cool for me, man. So how is it working with working in branding? Like, Mm -hmm. how did you get into working on, I guess, in that? 
Yeah, I was basically just experimenting on myself. When I started getting into like graphic design and learning, you mm-hmm. know, the tools of the trade, photographer, uh, not photographer, but Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, like the entire suite, I would experiment with my work by just adding design layers. So a lot of my early work had a lot, like a lot of graphic design elements in it. Mm-hmm. You know, from from overlaying text to just like layering textures and stuff like that. So I figured, okay, well, I'll use that those techniques to help define my brand. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it and it got to the point where I guess people started to recognize it. Right. And um, for years, my my company's name was Creative Silence. So okay. people started to like they started to like see the work and see how it was presented and it just became that like automatic association Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like me experimenting with branding myself which is what taught me branding right ultimately then of course going to school but i already kind of had a certain intuition when it came to figuring out what the people i want to rock with me like right that makes sense so and that's like kind of like marketing and branding one-on-one. Figure out who you're talking to, right? Mm-hmm. So once I realized that, okay, well, the people who tend to like my work or, or at least, um, uh, you know, they, they, they take to the, the branding that I was doing at the time, they like the same things I like. Mm-hmm. They like, you know, and Tumblr was a big influence on that. I was a big Tumblr head. Oh, yeah. yeah T- Tumblr sure. is amazing, man. I'm still I, it's still It still is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, get, I get so much... I, I'm influenced by so much that I see on Tumblr right. and certain brands that have lasted... You know, and people who look like me doing amazing things and like aesthetically, like there's a certain thing that I like. Right. You know, I like minimalism. I like blackness. I love um, uh, style. Not not too much about fashion, but more just like a certain look, right. you know, and um, I, I just wanted to promote that yeah. and try to incorporate that into my work. So and, and how I presented myself as well. Right. Because I feel like I'm kind of a. Um, I'm not that guy who like presents his work one way, but then when you see him or meet him, he's like totally different. Totally different, yeah. I want people to like, for me and my work to be like one of the yeah, same. Yeah, you're like one identity. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, man. I think it taught me how to just be a very intentional about what I present. Exactly. And how that tied into my lifestyle. Exactly. And for people to to kind of get that right. whenever we met or if they saw my work, and also for my work to be distinct, distinctive. So once I got people telling me that, hey, man. I saw this picture and I knew you took it. Yep. That, that's exactly. it right there. It's, yeah. It's I mean, that, that's like a photographer's dream, right? Yes. So you, cause you want people to recognize your work in the pack of like thousands and thousands of other amazing photographers. So yeah, that's what it was for me. So yeah, it was just intuition and kind of digging, knowing what I wanted and being focused on reaching the people who I wanted to uh, continue to rock with my work basically. Right. Yeah. Right. So how, I mean, obviously it takes a long time to develop, like I said, your swag, your style that you want to present. Was it tough really finding, you know, you, what you really wanted to capture and how you really wanted to shoot when you worked with models and all that? Not really. I think, um, I think, well, sometimes, but, but that is based on the type of work, right? right? Because what happens is, and every creative that I know runs into this, especially when you do it for hire, right? Mm-hmm. You have people who will go to your website. And see that you're a photographer mm-hmm. and then hire you to do something that is nowhere in your portfolio online. Yes. Right? Yes. So I've had people want to have me photograph their dog and their pets. Not one animal is anywhere on my website. <laughs> yes. So this is the challenge where you have to decide as an artist, okay, well, am I going to just say no? Or am I going to just see what happens yeah. and give it a shot? Because right. it's still the same skill sets. Right. So I think that's where it is. You know, um, being a service provider. Mm-hmm. You know, and and being able to incorporate your artistic voice into someone else's vision, right? Because not everyone gets it, and that's one of the hardest things. Where people will, uh, they just see photographer, right? And that's it. They they they're not really looking beneath the layers and seeing. Okay, well, he does this kind of work. Some people don't even look beyond that. They nope. just they see the photographer. Yep. So I'm me to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? I mean, what? But money is money, but at the same time, I'm right. like, are you looking at my stuff or like, right, what's right. going on? So to counter that, I just you got to shoot for yourself, man. Yeah. You got, you yeah. know, if you want it, you have a vision in mind, or you know, you want to have a clear, succinct vision and look. You just have to, you know, reach out and, right. and set up your own sessions right. and and help develop that consistent voice to keep your iron sharp, but also to present to people so that 
your voice doesn't get lost in the sauce of what other people are hiring you to do. Right. You know, so I think finding that balance. Right. You know, but also making the decision is, okay, well, am I going to just, just do this work and not post it yeah. anywhere? And even when my <laughs> client is happy, but no one else will ever see this work. Yeah. Stay on my hard drive. Yeah. And we, and we have these, you know, we all do it. You know, you have to at some point. Unless, you know, you're at a point where you can sustain yourself 100% solely on the vision you have for your work. Right. And it's not a lot of people who can do that. Exactly. So do you find yourself reaching out to more people now or more people kind of coming to you? I think it's been more so, um, I mean, I've been blessed, man. I mean, I've really been uh, yeah. fortunate to have, to, to have uh, my inbox is, is, is consistently yeah. getting inquiries. And that's mm -hmm. cool, man. I mean, I don't take any of it for granted. Mm -hmm. And, um... Yeah, so I but I'm trying to get more into being, I guess, intentional about reaching out to people who might have a certain look, or you know, people who might be able to fit a certain uh, series that I might want to shoot. Mm -hmm. This is what, like, I think this year and move, moving forward in the next couple of years is what I really want to focus on. Yeah, to help build that that body of work that I can show in one room, right? Consistently, you know, what I mean, right. and 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 not always just have to wait till somebody hires me to do exactly, work, you know? exactly. That's perfect. I think it's very important for. I mean, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people always wait, and that's usually a very bad thing to do. You know, you need to reach out for these people who you want to work for, and it's it's, it's just so important. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it, it's once again, it's that balance, man. It's yeah. like you have to decide: am I doing this for me, or am I doing this for everyone else? Exactly. Yeah. And once you, you, right? And and at one point, which is why I kind of burned out a couple of years ago, was because I was kind of doing it for everyone else, mm -hmm. and I kind of lost the whole point of me doing it anyway. Right. You know, exactly. and, and I think every artist, if you're in a position where you're getting paid to work, you kind of sort of deal with that. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's not hard to get lost in that whole scene of chasing money and trying to keep up with your bills and make everybody happy and mm -hmm. deliver on time. And, um, and you start to lose some of that, that, that soul that kind of got you into the art anyway. You know what I mean? So, right. Right. Yeah, I, I try to be conscious of that now. I'm very, very, very clear about my yeah, time. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Have you ever? Well, how have you really overcome any roadblocks? Have you had, had any creative roadblocks where you're sitting there, just like, I don't know, I'm not getting inspiration. I don't know what I'm doing. Have you? How, how have you overcome that? Honestly, stepping away, man. Yeah. You gotta step away, and you know, fortunately, like my other creative outlets help me do that right you know, from, from exactly. like painting or sketching or even making music you know, right it's like i'm sitting staring at my my, my imac and i'm like I, i'm just not moved by any of this right now mm -hmm. so let me just not look at it for a little bit and i'll fire up you know some music or i'll just bang out a couple of beats that no one will ever hear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just like they're that bad but um <laughs> And, and I've, yeah, I found having other creative outlets helps kind of balance out having that rut, but when you're getting through that rut of right. making something specifically when it comes to that. Right. That's perfect. Free Pizza Podcast is sponsored by Zipster. If you need a website or online store to sell your cool products, go to Zipster. They make it fun and easy. Go to zipster.com slash free pizza to get yours now. So have you been any, any other like... Have you done any gallery openings or anything like that? Um, personally, no. Uh, it's interesting because that's one of the goals I have set for the next couple of years. Right. And, and kind of aligning myself with a few uh, organizations that, you know, from the, the Contemporary Museum of Art and the Durham Art Guild, uh, they've been great friends as far as offering me a platform based off of the work I'm doing with them. Right. You know, and, um, and, and so, yeah, I think this year... In 2019, I definitely want to um, get into showing my work in a yes. public space. That's just kind of one of my bucket list things. Right. And I've never done that. That's... Never done it. I've never done a show. And, and I have an entire body of work that I'm kind of curating and, and kind of, you know, whittling down and editing to that will be a part of a series. Right. But because I kind of suck at... Uh, like having an actual theme. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you can have a whole portfolio full of dope work, but it's like, okay, so what are you saying? Right. I'm not saying anything. I just, right. I just think they're cool pictures. Right. Well, you can't say that and have a museum. Show. Right. You have to have some type of artist statement and that's just not my thing. So I'm trying to get better at that, man. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, 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 we're artists, but the art scene in general requires that you have some type of point behind your work. And there is. 
you know, the fact that I showed up looking the way I look and my story, I think, is, is worthy of a statement. Right. But it's not quite enough <laughs> for the people who want to, huh, so what does that mean? <laughs> I, I, just, I just like green, dude. I, you know. But you can't say that. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you can. Okay. I mean, yeah. But people will look at you like, really? Because like, well, people are always searching for meaning. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of my issue with the art world in general. It's like exactly. not everything doesn't have to have a deep, deep meaning, underlying thing, dude. It's, it's like, is what it is. It's a take, cool picture of a cool person. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, kind of like the anti-artist artist. I don't know, or the anti-artist statement artist. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? And when I look at your work on like your website and stuff, and even Instagram and stuff, it seems very editorial. Um, so obviously, is most of that for you, or is like are, are people wanting to come coming to you like wanting that look? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it smells good. <laughs> this is a potpourri. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a combination, man. Um, yeah. I, I get hired by clients who fortunately kind of understand what I do, right? So they hire me for that look, right? And I think the key is being able to curate, right? And I actually kind of treat my Instagram as a as a portfolio. I want people to kind of see a cohesive style. Right. So yeah, it's a combination of uh, people that that have hired me and people who are just cool people who I think will fit a certain aesthetic that I want to present that kind of fits into the style that I want to kind of keep proliferating. But um, once again, I'm blessed because I have people who hire me because they get it. Exactly. And they're like, no, I exactly. want that. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to do. I want your website. I want that. I want that. Right. Yeah, like, they're okay, not like nothing. Yeah. You know, it's not like um, yeah. Come shoot my 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 grandmother's fiftieth birthday party. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I mean, they, yeah, hey, I mean, I've, I've done my rounds. Trust me, but it's right. like, okay, well, kind of, kind of not my bag. Yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe so when you have to explain that to people, it's like, oh, here we go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> have you? Someone asked. So, has anyone come to you um, with a portrait session and brought some ideas that you didn't necessarily think were good? Yeah. How how do you overcome that barrier? Depends on how I'm feeling that day. Right. <laughs> Honestly, because what this is what it is. I, I you know as a well, I was a you know a leader in the military. Right? Yeah. And you have to kind of be able to understand a little bit of psychology mm-hmm. and understand human nature as a photographer in order to have a good session. Yeah. So my process with my portrait sessions is it's a conversation. Right. And the portraits, the pictures are just a culmination of a good combo. Combo, right. right? So, right. if I have someone presents me with an idea that's like completely whack, yeah. If it's really just horrible, then I'll be like, yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah. But if it's this. questionable, but and I'll let you play it out, and we're shooting digital, yeah, okay. and we have time, right? Let's let's go. Let's let's, let's see how that's gonna look, right? And in my mind, like it's gonna look bad. It's gonna look bad, you, and you know it's gonna look bad. But yeah, you but, want them to see that, right? And that's that. That's where psychology comes in, because right. now you're showing them. Well, this is why you hired me, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. And you didn't just use your cell phone and take a selfie of this brilliant <laughs> idea that you had, and now you're posting it, and you look ridiculous. But, but also, I've been surprised. That's what I'm saying. It's like I've been surprised by some people who had some ideas that I just didn't quite get, and they worked out brilliantly. You right. know what I mean? So it's not like everybody's just horrible. It's just the fact that if you hire me. You're hiring me for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ask me, then I'm going to tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. But sometimes I got to show you. Right. Versus just telling you. Right. Because some people just need more convincing. Exactly. You know I mean? So I think that's kind of been, being able to balance, you know, balance those two things has been key. Yeah. For sure. So on these sets usually are, is it, is it just you or your makeup artists or anything like that? Is, yeah. Sometimes. Look. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's just me and, and, and the client, the subject. Uh, sometimes we'll have makeup on deck, and um, especially if there's multiple looks and they mm-hmm. want to change makeup. And sure, there'll be multiple people there. And um, it's cool because, you know, sometimes you get good input. Right. You know, I don't, I don't mind input from, you know, during a shoot. Right. Because sometimes I get so focused on certain aspects of the, the technical side where mm-hmm. I might miss certain things that someone else might see with a right. different lens. So I, I actually enjoy having other people on set oh wow okay believe it or not you know I, I, some artists are kind of like, ah, just close set I don't you know if yeah. you're off the way and you're not a jerk and you're not disturbing the process <clears throat> come through right because I like my shoots to be like a nice gathering you know I have you know my, my space I shoot out of my house right and I, I'm fortunate enough to have enough space to where I can shoot and then go get you know there's music playing mm-hmm. there's art everywhere so mm-hmm. I want the whole space to be conducive to creating something cool right and um 
the more people, the better. Yeah. And I love the energy of, of that's my, in my happy space when I'm shooting and we're having a good time and the conversation is great and everyone just is feeling good, man. I mean, that's so, yeah, the more people, the better. Man. Yeah. That's perfect. That, that's very that's very odd to hear because usually people like it being very closed off and very private. But that's, I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think some people, well, it depends on their motives to one, but I, but I, I understand. I think some clients, specifically, if there's going to be any skin involved, mm-hmm. which I don't do a lot of nude work, but I, I do have a portfolio that I've been consistently building over the several years where there is some nudity. Right. And that's just what it is. But right. Sure, I, I, and out of respect, of course, you don't want to have 16 people there, you know, looking at nipples. But at the same time, it's <laughs> like, um, you know... I, some people just show up with their sisters, yeah. and, you know, husband and, yeah. and makeup artist and kids and, and hey, hang out. Yeah. You guys good? You want something to drink? You want something to eat? That's cool. You know, as long as my music is playing and my gear is working and I got good vibes in front of me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy, man. You know? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you overcome working with people who are maybe a little bit more kind of reserved and very nervous? And how, how do you overcome that? Wine. Wine? Wine. I ask. I mean, if... if With that and just being, you know, you have to, photography, being a portrait photographer specifically, Mm -hmm. um, because I always didn't do portraits. I I started, well, quick backtrack. My first, like, taking pictures and composing, I was was in school for architectural engineering Mm -hmm. back in the day, so we had to take photography. Right. But I never photographed people, we photographed spaces. Oh, yeah. So, um, transitioning from that to taking pictures of people, I kind of figured out quickly that you had to understand human nature a little bit. Okay. And you had to be, and I'm very empathic. So, like, if somebody's having a bad day and they walk in a room, I can feel that energy. Right. So I realized that you're gonna get really shitty portraits if mm-hmm. someone's having a bad day. Yes, yes. And yes. you're not somehow making it better, right? <laughs> so, I I just was able to uh, figure out that okay, well, you have to be, your energy has to be at a certain level mm-hmm. in order to bring the best out of someone mm-hmm. and I've had sessions where you know somebody might not be in the best mood and prior to what the client getting there I'll ask hey do you drink you know do you mind if I have a little wine you know would you like some I would try to have something at the house that way you know if they need something to kind of take their edge off mm-hmm. you know some people go like leave straight from work to go do a photo shoot right for their brand that thousands of people are gonna, gonna see. see yeah you exactly. know what I'm saying so it's like kind of important that you're conscious of the fact that if you had a bad day well no we're not, you know we're not just gonna show up and start taking pictures. Mm-mm. We're gonna hang out a little bit. Yeah, relax. Supposed to. What, what do you want to listen to? You know, not pull up Spotify and everybody's kind of just rocking out, just chilling. Yeah. And then once I feel or we both feel, okay, you ready? All right, cool. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. So I found yeah. that um, you know, a little alcohol doesn't hurt, but yeah. also just being very intuitive uh, right. to uh to what other people's emotions are and exactly. their state and knowing how to rock with that. That's perfect. Is, is the key. You definitely need good communication skills as well yeah. to yeah. be a successful anything really but it's definitely in the um photography world because if you don't have that then no, you don't have very stale photos and you don't know how to adapt to people's different you know moods and personalities so yeah. that's cool that you do that yeah it's important man i mean because yeah. i i, I want to enjoy what i do right and for me like i said my happy space is when i got some music and i'm making some art and mm-hmm. i got cool people around me right that's it yeah you know what i mean i don't need much else yeah. so if my photo shoot every photo shoot i have has those elements right i'm good and I know we're going to do some good work, you know? And, and, you know, like I said, sometimes, you know, it just, just doesn't work out, right. but that's not my fault. I, I can only do but so much, Yeah. you know, it's up to the person, the client the person in front of me to, uh, to bring, you know, their best energy as well. So, yep. but it's very rarely that happens, man. I mean, I've had some great, great people that have, have sat for me, man. Right. So it's, I'm, like I said, I'm blessed, bro. That's yeah. perfect. That's cool. So what brands have you really enjoyed shooting for? Uh, all of them, man. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely Ninth Wonders label Jamila. Um, mm-hmm. I did a lot of work with, uh, and I still do for the Foreign Exchange mm-hmm. as well, Fonte yes. and Nicolay. Yes. Um, on the design front, I, I did their last like three album covers, right? And the photography for them as well. Mm-hmm. So that's always been, like basically like any artist, like musician, because it's like it's, it's kind of like my conduit, my, my like fantasy to be an artist and like a musician, yeah. and make music and all of that. So I'm, I don't do that, but it's so it's cool to work with people like that, yeah. that do that. And if I'm a fan, then it's cool because you know now you're you're. It's cool when you take a photograph or you do some brand work for an artist, and then it's like in a month you see this stuff on like iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm. So now millions of people might be looking at your work, right? And I think that's where people kind of underestimate the power of design. 
Yes. Because you can literally say that, no, literally millions of people just saw this just, Yes. And they're listening to it and they're streaming it. And the album cover that I designed and the picture that I took is Every, propagating throughout the universe. Yeah. That's some cool shit to me, man. That's, yes, you that's know? very cool. So the artists that I've worked with, fortunately, they're just really good. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like they're good and they put out some amazing content. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I recently did uh, got some work uh, licensed through the... Uh, the the African American uh, the National uh, Museum of African American History at the Smithsonian Museum. This was just before they uh, they uh, opened. Wow, uh, a couple of years ago. So saying that you have work in the Smithsonian, that's kind of like that's my, that's yeah, that that was I'm like, blown away right now. Yeah, like they reached out to me randomly, dude, and it was it was one of my clients who has he's he's heavily involved in the contemporary. Um, arts side of the museum because mm-hmm. i don't know if you've been yet but it's it basically takes you through the journey of african i have not been i want to go real bad and you walk in and it's just like it's literally a journey yeah and it's the all-day experience so right. you start off in africa then it takes you to slavery and then you know the early 1800s and then it culminates into where we are right now in the as the pinnacle of entertainment and and culture and 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 uh so anyway their pr company Mm-hmm. reached out to me just like a random email mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm like you know <laughs> drinking orange juice <laughs> and you know i open my email it's like hey you know so yeah we're from the smithsonian museum and we have like, we understand that so-and-so is your client and we would love to license these images for a display that will be in a permanent collection there and i'm like oh, what my goodness so yeah that was i could i can say that's a cool client yes for sure <laughs> absolutely yeah. and is that body work still up there uh, I believe so. Yeah, because it's in it's in what they call their digital display. Right. Oh, you know? cool. So it's it's a it's amongst it's it's in it's within a collection of other contemporary artists. Right. Who are being featured? Wow. Um, for whatever you know their discipline is, you know what I mean. So yeah, that that that's that's cool. And I think uh, they reached out again. Ninth Wonder, they just started a. It's like a oh, gosh, I feel crazy not being able to. It, it's. Basically, they got the, the like the world's greatest hip hop artists to curate music for the Smithsonian. Right, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yes. so they the photo that you see of Ninth Wonder that's what they that they licensed that for me as well. So wow. so that was cool because like everybody that's like participating in that like from Quest Love, Ninth Wonder, DJ Jazz, like a lot of people that I just grew up listening to and admiring. Like your work is amongst that that, that echelon. So I'm like, okay, like. I'm cool with that. That's a huge accomplishment. I mean, that's yeah, it, it's it's cool, man. I, it's just the cool factor for me is what it is, man. But yeah, as from as far as an accomplishment, yeah, I, I feel it might just be a little one. That's perfect. I, I love that. I love that. I, I know I really need to go. I have someone I personally, you know, yeah, man. That's really cool. Obviously, that museum is probably just like I said, it's probably just very eye-opening and very crazy. It's amazing, man. But it's amazing. I, from, I mean, from the architecture alone. Well, actually, it's a beautiful it, building. The uh, the lead architect Phil Freelaw, he's my client. He, um, I, I did some portraits for him. I, I'm basically his family's like photographer kind of. So yeah. I've been working with them for several years, and not long before the museum was uh, opened as well. Right. You know, he commissioned me to uh, to do some portraits for him. Right. Just like the lead architect of the museum. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just kind of that connection for me because when I was in school for architecture years ago, he was one of the architects I had sought out to look at it because I just loved his work. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of crazy like 20 odd years later that, okay, this is your client now. You know what I mean? So you're definitely a cool client. Definitely a cool client. That is amazing. So how, and I'm listening to all this, I'm like, how are you balancing a personal life doing all this stuff? Man, <laughs> you know what? And that's where the issue came up a couple of years ago. Um, I literally had clinical burnout. Right. I, I was, uh, this was the year I shot 30 weddings. Yeah. And the last quarter, I just had to disappear. Right. I just had to stop and drop everything, which is not the best thing to do. But my doctor was like, dude, you're going to like, you're going to fall out because you're working too much. Yeah. And uh, so that taught me a lot. It took me having to basically like have clinical burnout and constant anxiety to the point where you can't even check your email and answer your phone to realize that, OK, you need to find a balance here because mm-hmm. the work is consuming you. So now, <clears throat> now that I kind of figured it out, man, and um, I'm very intentional about my free time, right, and my time with, with you know with my loved ones and 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 just 
self-care man right you know artists they and entrepreneurs they always like try to try to promote the sleepless grind and all of that mm-hmm. but we out here dying at 50 bro yes you know and, and and friends of mine and including you know myself who have friends and family who are we're, 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 we're dropping dead from congenital heart disease and high blood pressure and you know we're 30 something looking like we're 50 mm-hmm. and that's all because of the sleepless grind situation man. yeah so no you gotta sleep bro yes you gotta sleep and you gotta <laughs> rest and you need to go out and just enjoy yourself so trying to be more intentional about like taking days off exactly <laughs> you know what i'm saying exactly. and just going to the movies you know just going going and hanging out with friends man and when i'm off i'm off right you're you yeah you're, I, I don't do answer anything. my phone and i don't uh don't check email Right, I'm off, and that was a discipline that I really had to learn. That is, and you know, it's obviously people think you need to grind, 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 grind. It's cool that I'm glad you said that. Yeah, that that off time is so important. You know, and it's so important. You're so, and it's so right. So everyone listening, you don't have to, you know, be buried in it all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to tell y'all, man, do not kill yourself. for the grind. Yes, because you will die. I mean, or you will, you, you will die a lot sooner than you really want to. Right. Exactly. Because of the grind, and then now you have your grind and you're where you want to be. Now you can't enjoy it. Exactly. Because you're at the doctor because your blood pressure's spiking, exactly. your cholesterol is spiking. Exactly. You know, so I'm a big proponent of that, man. Yeah. Take days off, freelancers. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> and on this off day, on your off days, what, what else you like, you like enjoy doing? Oh man, I'm I'm a, you know I'm a homebody, man. Right. You know, oh, okay. I, I, fortunately, you know, I, I'm in a nice space, man. My house is decent, and I enjoy being in it. You know, I love listening to music. I'm a music guy, so if I'm not watching an old Shaw Brothers kung fu movie and mm-hmm. and um and you know sipping coffee and editing, because editing is actually relaxing for me. Oh, you know, okay. editing photos and learning new techniques. Okay. Um, I'm reading. You know, re- reading. Uh, uh, go out. Catch a movie. Yeah. You know, movie passes the bomb. Yes. You know what I mean? Go get your movies. Shout out to movie Ten pass. bucks a month, yo. Was it nine ninety nine? And yes. A movie a day. I'm telling you, man. Look, I've gone to see movies that I never thought I'd want to see because I'm I'm the guy who goes to the movies and if nothing's blowing up, yeah, I'm not paying fifteen bucks to see this, man. Absolutely no not. I need to see like stuff like flying around the screen. So I'm going to see some movies that just I would would I could have waited for it to come out on Netflix. Yeah. Just because I could. Yeah. For free. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah, movie pass. I'm movie passing something, man. Um, trying to get out of town more. Yeah, of course. Just go, just, you know, just go hang out and see something new. DC, or I'm trying to get to LA soon, man. I just, you know, I got some cool people out in LA that I want to go hang out with. So, I, yeah, I think, you know, just traveling, listening to music, making music. Like I yeah. said, I know when we're here. Right. No, I, I take that back. I'm, I'm like secretly working on an EP it's for great. like the last eight years, bro. How do you need to release that? I'm trying, man. It's like, <laughs> but I have, you know, I got ADD. So it's like, I'll start working on a song and I'll get like the first eight bars and then I'll just lose interest. It was like, oh. So now I have like a whole catalog of just like intros. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, eventually I'll finish it. And, right. But, but music heavily influences my work. Right. You know, um, I want to produce a short film one day, you know, oh, yeah. maybe make a movie, you know, and, and why not? But I also want to like compose a score. Yeah, and I also want to do all the marketing for it. Yes, you know I want to be Gordon Parks in in like when I my legacy I want to be Gordon Parks esque mm-hmm. and do everything, and that takes time. But mm-hmm. so yeah, music is really big. So a lot of my photography, when I look at my work, I think of a song. Yeah, and every song has its own. Every every photograph has its own like kind of soundtrack. Exactly. So ideally, I would like to have a series of work with accompanying music that I produce. You know, so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll hear it one day, man. Yes, please do. Maybe I'll, I'll keep an eye out for all of that. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> let you know. Man. I'll give you the plug. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna send it to you first. Yes. I'm gonna send you the, the link and just let me know if it's whack. <laughs> I, will, it's whack I will. I will definitely let you know. If it's yeah. Whack. Please do, bro. Yeah. Please do, because I, I do not want. I love the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna the, give the, that. The, to the you. truth will set you free. Because <laughs> there's a lot of whackness out here anyway, man. We yes. Don't anymore. Yes. You know? So you mentioned traveling in LA and stuff. Yeah. Are there any? Is there anywhere else, maybe outside the country, that you like to go to? Yeah, man. Um, actually, uh, I've been thinking about going to, to to Paris for my birthday this year. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that just kind of. Mm. I think I might do that. I'm yeah. not really big on parties, man. You know, I, yeah. I'm not like birth, I've never had a birthday party. Wow. 
Never had a birthday party. Uh, maybe when I was like nine. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't count. So I, I always, I'm always amazed at how people like go all out for their birthday parties. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's just another day, but I'm hitting a milestone kind of this year. So yeah, it was either a party or a trip. Right. So yeah, I think Paris is going to be it. And, um, no. Where else do I want? I want to go to South Africa. I haven't been to South Africa. I'm same way. I definitely I want yeah, to as well. Yeah. I, like a lot of, I know a few people who've gone, and it's like amazing. Yeah, you know, um, the culture out there is dope. It looks like they have a really cool art scene. Right. Um, I want to do a. Um, where else do I want to go? Uh, I think I want to ride a train across Europe. Yes. Yeah. It's very cheap to do that too. I hear. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Man. It's nothing, man. I, I've spent some time in Germany when I was in the military, but I, it's different right yeah. there. And yeah. you're like in the army, right? You can't really, like, you can't really, do, yeah, yeah. Do it's anything. like my whole perspective is different now that I'm not having to travel under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I want to revisit some places that I've already been. I mean, right. I've been to Korea. I spent two years in South Korea. Spent some time in Japan. Wow. Um, I've been a lot of places, but I like now. I think it will be different when I go back. Right. So all the places that I kind of have been overseas, I do actually want to go back to. Right. With but through a different lens, you know what I mean? Or with yes. you know, kind of different perspective. So. Yeah, that would be travel is big on me. I think traveling is important. Creative or not, yeah, you gotta get out of here. You gotta see. I mean, there's too much of the world to see. It's it's too big, and traveling kind of is what got me. It kind of helped develop my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like the things that I like are heavily influenced by things that I would not have found in this country. Right. You know, and even like certain producers, um, like one of my favorite producers is Timberland. For example, right? oh, oh yes, yeah, and, and Tim Lance, he's, he's that dude, yeah, you know, he's and, an amazing um, religion. When he first started dropping music back in like the mid '90s, I think, mm-hmm. there were certain things in his music that I was hearing that I'd never heard in stateside music, mm-hmm. but I had heard in Europe. Right. So once I did the homework, I realized well that he was listening to that stuff too. Right. So that kind of just confirmed that like if people like kind of really get out of this box of I guess their local area and kind of look at what is popping worldwide. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot of stuff, man, and and it'll, that's kind of how I judge people. Like, what are you listening to? Yeah, you can tell a lot about people by what they listen to or what they won't listen to. Right. You know, and not just about genres, but like, check out this French hip hop artist, man. He's pretty cool. You know, what I mean, you'll hear yeah, some like, exactly. and some people like they're taken aback by listening to someone rap in French, but even if you listen, like some of the best producers I've heard are from France, mm-hmm. for example. You know, or or Japan. You know, DJ Mitsu or DJ Honda. You know, these cats who, they kind of established a sound that that still today is like, man, yeah. dope, man. Yeah. So, travel, man. Get out of the country. Get out your city. Yes, please. Save up your coins and, and just go see the world, man. Yes. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So, I want to know down here. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a discussion on social media earlier when you got here, but what has probably been the most, I guess, beneficial as far as your marketing and branding of, you know, of kind of where you are now? Um, I would say consistency. And I, I'm not, not necessarily meaning consistency in the frequency of, of work, mm-hmm. posting or showing work, but I think being very clear about what you do and how you do it. Right. Um, I don't market like traditionally, I guess. I mean, I don't like buy AdWords and yeah. try to funnel traffic to my website. Right. Um, I have some people probably don't even know I have a website. Right. They just like me following me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I think just doing consistent work. Right. But also like doing good work. Yeah. I and mean, I'm not anywhere near where I want to be as far as like the craft. Mm-hmm. But I think the work is decent. And I think if I continue to show good work or know the type of work that the people who already follow me enjoy seeing, mm-hmm. that will help market right it, it'll just they'll do it for you right and i think that's the beauty of social media is that people will literally like get you hired yeah but just you just put the work out they don't have yeah. to ask and uh, i was listening to uh, the interview you uh, did uh, the other day um oh my god but she was she was saying you know she's not really big on like posting like sales and yeah you know headshot 75 dollars i've tried that and honestly I've, I've it's weird because i'm never successful mm-hmm. doing that Right. And I feel funny doing it. Yep. Because that's not the direction I want to go. I'm the same exact way. I don't want to like clearly monetize my work by putting a price out there. I mean, I sure we all have to work for money. Yeah. But it just for some reason it just I don't the artists who I respect, they don't do that. Yeah. You're right. Even if maybe they should. Yeah. Because they'll probably get some business. Mm-hmm. And just doesn't it doesn't feel right for me. I'd rather really be so 
just kind of just genuine that someone just come to my site and be like, wow, this is cool, or Instagram, whatever, and just yeah. hit me up. You know what I'm saying? I've never been the one to, maybe back in the day when I first started, but I've, I don't do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I feel it, the exact a, same way you do about it. You feel like, you feel like Eddie Murphy felt like whenever uh, Robin Gibbons left that $100 bill on his counter after they finished smashing that night, and he's like, he pulls the covers up to his chest. And he's like, you know, he's like, he feels cheap, man. But I'm not knocking anybody who does it. My no, point, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, my point is that it's just for what I do and my brand and my business, It for one, the numbers just don't add up. Right. I'm not making that much more money. Yeah. And I'm not just completely smashing the game because people are suddenly wanting to hire me. But also, I think that if you keep, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're vigilant about doing good work and respecting the value of your work, people will respect it. Exactly. And good work, I think, warrants a certain level of pay and compensation. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I just do, I feel funny about lowering that. I mean, like I said, I mean, I've done the Black Friday sales and the Cyber Monday this and all of that, mm -hmm. but um, I always felt kind of weird doing it, man. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I just, you know, it's not my right. thing. Man. Right. And that's understandable. And you, you made a very good point. You know, anyway, you want to do it, you know, Creators who are doing that, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, look, it's if, not if it works, do it, man. Yeah, you know, right, exactly. But so. I don't want to, you know, I'm not selling, you know, I'm, I'm at right now. I'm not like selling a tangible good, right? Aside from art prints, yeah. And um, of course, you know, based on your business model, then that that is a smart thing to do. Yeah, I know people who make a killing whenever they do their Black Friday sales mm -hmm. and you know Valentine's Day specials and all of that. But um, I don't do family portraits anymore, so right. Um, just kind of like a gateway drug into weddings again, so mm -hmm. and engagement sessions, and I'll, like I said, I'll do them, but case by case. But yeah. yeah, man, it's just not my bag. Okay, that's very fair. And obviously, you've mentioned a lot of things you want to do in the future, but mm -hmm. I always ask, um, where do you want to see yourself? I guess in twenty, thirty years, like still freelancing, working for you know publications, brands, or what? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, twenty, twenty years. I'm gonna be mad old, man. So I, I. <laughs> One of my long-term goals is being an educator, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I, I want to teach, and I've always wanted to teach at the collegiate level, but I've been doing a lot of volunteer work working with, okay. with kids and high school students. So I think community-based work is kind of where I see myself, using okay. art to teach, be it, you know, uh, uh, what is it, high-risk communities or yeah. at the university level. I, I mean, ultimately, in a broad spectrum, that's kind of what where I see myself. Right. I'm not going to be out doing guerrilla street photography <laughs> when I'm 60 and 50, man. Right. Just, just, I'm not doing that. But, I mean, I'll do it, do it for enjoyment. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I see myself continuing to grow and, and be a facilitator. I want to I, – I, I love teaching, man. Yeah. I love, like, mentoring people. And surprisingly, I really enjoy working with young, young people. Yes. You know, and, yes. and because sometimes, you know, a lot of these kids, they don't have someone telling them. Like, I didn't. Nobody told me I could make a living being an artist. Right. Um, no one helped me. I never had a mentor mm -hmm. until I was already in business. So I'd already made the mistakes that kind of taught me better. So I want to be, you know, be, be a voice or a person that can help younger people find their way artistically. Right. But also have a sound business sense and savvy without alienating other aspects of their overall education. Right. So I'm not going to say screw college. Yeah. I'm not going to say don't get your education. But if you want to be an artist, then be an artist. Yeah. Do what you make your do. art and be smart. You know what I'm saying? I so love that. yeah, that, that's ultimately what I see myself doing, man. Just, be, just being an old man, just getting more gray hair and yeah, you know, hanging life. out, raising my family, and yeah. being happy, man. Living life, man. Yes, sir. That's perfect. That's a. I can totally see that happening too. Okay. I'm probably gonna take some classes as well. <laughs> like Chris Charles is teaching now. Perfect. Come through. Come through. <laughs> cool. So we always end this on um, asking. Um, every creative we have on here, their advice for the up and coming. So, mm -hmm. can you tell us maybe some of your give a few points that you have? Yeah, I have a few few, few points, I guess. Um, number one, like we touched on earlier, just to reinforce that, don't worry, don't don't get so caught up in the gear. Yeah, you know, if you have an iPhone, go take some amazing iPhone pictures. Yes, you know, um, have a standard. Yeah, no, like I, like whenever people come to and ask me to mentor them, the first thing I ask them is, okay, well, who do you think is like great in mm -hmm. what it is that you're trying to do? And if they say me, I say, no, 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 no. Okay, hit me back in five months. Because okay. I'm not great by any means. Mm -hmm. I'm okay, but there are people who've been doing this for years. years, years so years. find your benchmark. Find your standard of what you feel 
success in your craft is. Right. That's number two. And number three, just establish your own voice. Okay. You know, don't be scared to to not do what everyone else is doing. Okay. And I found that to be the key to basically all creativity. Yeah. It's someone who decided to not do what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. And eventually people recognize it. It gets appropriated or somebody swagger jacks it or whatever. But it becomes a thing. Yeah. So if your thing is taking pictures of toenails and you're passionate <laughs> about that shit, do it. And someone is going to like it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just something for someone everywhere, man. That is true. That is true. You know, if you're a wedding photographer and you want to only do black and white wedding photography, then do it. Do it. You know, and if the client says, hey, do you have this in color? No, you don't. Because I I only shoot my weddings black and white. Yeah, you stick to your guns. Yes. So, you know, don't don't succumb to what might be deemed as standard if this is what you want to do. Do it. And someone somewhere is going to dig it. Right. So, yeah, stick to your guns. I think that's it. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, that's obviously, it's definitely where it's lived by. Um, I think everyone who's listening to this, like, knows that, but, like, it's good to hear it, you know? Yeah, I think people people know it, but they don't put it into practice like right. they should. I, myself included. Right. Oh, I, I look at stuff, way. I look at stuff, and I'm like, I, I shouldn't post that. <laughs> you know, and then, like, six months later, I'll post it, and people love it. I'm like, shit, see, I should, you should I have posted it. Oh, my God, you know? So, yeah. yes. Yeah, definitely, man. Perfect, man. Thank you so much for coming. This has been wonderful. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure, man. Wonderful. Been Finally met you. I love putting the name to a face or face to a name, whatever you want to say it. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's so what's been up, man. Super, such a pleasant, you know, experience. So yeah, it's been awesome, um, man. I really appreciate. it. Tell us where we can find you on the internet. Yeah, just a uh, Chris Charles photo. Yeah, Chris Charles photo on Instagram, ChrisCharles.co on uh on the web, and if you go to that website, ChrisCharles.co you'll see links to my other work because that chrischarles.co is kind of like the hub where you can see some design work, see some photography. I have a blog, but if you want to see photography, then it's my name, ChristopherCharlesPhotography.com. Perfect. If people check out his work, it's absolutely beautiful. If you're in the Raleigh or Apex area, you might see him walking around. Just, you know, tell him to take your photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, thank you. man. Yes. But thank you so much and, you know, We'll be in contact very soon. And if you do any of those uh, openings or anything, please let me know. Yeah, for sure, man. And for we, sure. we will come back up and, you know, hang out. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, man. Let, let me know uh, when you have other things going on as well. Gotcha. I'll be sure. I, I, I go and do every you know. Gotcha. Thank you so much, man. That's all. Cool. We out.